0: Integrated Science of the Absolute, Chapter 1, Cosmology, 3rd. Merits of Mathematical Language The professional language of the modern physicist is filled with letters of the Greek alphabet, put together by means of an ever-increasing number of signs for operations or functions with which mathematics tries to explain the nature of the physical world. Every advanced physical lecture room is provided with successive large blackboards, with pulleys making it easy to push them up each time one gets filled with equations. Although experts beyond geographical frontiers are able to decipher such a highly complex language, it has now been pushed to such limits that the language of mathematics meant for public precision has become esoteric. Thus communication between the expert and the layman is completely ruptured. Eddington's figure representing the number of protons and the same number of electrons in the universe runs into 80 digits. This number evidently makes no meaning to the common person or even to the unsophisticated outsider interested in science. Meaningless expressions can be considered as good as not being expressed at all. In making the statement, we are glad to find at least one modern cosmologist, Herman Bondi, who says, Intuitive reactions such as the difficulty of imagining various strange and remarkable features of a theory in astronomy and cosmology. These include temperatures of millions of degrees, creation of matter, enormous velocities, etc are of secondary importance. It is also important to point out that in the domains of both physics and cosmology, it is particularly true that the failure of experiments gives more information than their success. A striking example of this is the Michelson-Morley experiment, which by its failure to confirm the existence of a ponderable ether, gave room for Einstein's theory of relativity to get its initial impetus. Generally, experiments cannot be conducted in outer space and when possible turn out to have only an indirect and inferential status as in the case of the redshift proving Hubble's law and the recession of the galaxies. In all other matters, theorization in cosmology strangely resembles metaphysical speculation rather than empirical validity. Bondi admits the negative value of experimentation especially in cosmology, when he writes, Of course, this step does not imply that the perfect cosmological principle is correct, but its fruitfulness is self-evident, since the principle leads, without further assumptions, to predictions susceptible of observational disproof. Further on, Bondi continues, Theories must not only agree with the facts, they must be so constructed as to facilitate attempts at empirical disproof. The merits of mathematical and scientific language, when pushed to extreme limits, can defeat the purpose of language altogether. Eddington points out in an admirable paragraph how common sense has necessarily to part company with a scientist when he begins to describe even simple events in strict scientific language. Quotation. I am standing on the threshold, about to enter a room. It is a complicated business. In the first place, I must shove against an atmosphere, pressing with a force of 14 pounds on every square inch of my body. I must make sure of landing on a plank, travelling at 20 miles a second around the sun. A fraction of a second too early or too late, the plank would be miles away. To step on it is like stepping on a swarm of flies. Shall I not slip through? No. If I make the venture, one of the flies hits me and gives a boost up again. I fall again and am knocked upward by another fly, and so on. Verily, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a scientific man to pass through a door. End of quote. We have said enough here to show that there is nothing much to choose between the old-fashioned language of mythology, where most cosmological statements are seen to be made in many of the wisdom texts of the world, and the strictly scientific jargon now emerging into view in scientific literature. Except for its communicability to serve experts across frontiers, it has an irritating feature. Edna Kramer speaks of this feature when she speaks to the spinners of popular science yarns in the early days of relativity, who were recognized to be wrong later in the light of revised epistemology. Thus the myth-making instinct in man is never at rest, even within the so-called preserves of science. As for our own attitude in this study, we always refer to a normative notion whether we examine a scientific statement claiming to use mathematical language or when we find a statement in some ancient text which happens to be wearing a mythological garb. How to distinguish between these two languages we shall explain presently.